we start with uh, a well-known quote uh, that has been said uh, by Albert Einstein when he said the definition of insanity is to repeat the same thing again and again and expect different results. For 10 years, the West is using the same approach, a military confrontation with an ideology, and it will never work because to deal with an ideology, you need to work here. If uh, right now I took this, this was, imagine if there's a bomb, and I threw it on you now, just pretend that something has to happen here. An impulse must arise in the brain. And this impulse should move my muscle, and then I threw the bomb. If the focus was just preventing me from getting the bomb, you may fail. If the focus was just to, to stop my hand with the, with the terrorists, you may fail. But if the focus was to prevent me from even thinking in harming you, then you win. That's the way this phenomena must be seen. A phenomena that occurs primarily and predominantly and initially in the brain, what I called brain stem. So today I will take you through a short journey into Brainstan. I lived in Brainstan for some period of my life. It's not easy to get a passport for a visa for it. <laughs> we'll start with five fundamental things that I noticed in my life that changed me from a very innocent person to become a radical at my stage of my life. And I have seen the same process and mechanism occurring in the minds of many other uh, colleagues in my medical school and the friends who became radicalized at different stages of my life. The first is the input of information. I'm talking here about the human behavior and what can affect it in, in such a case. We have the input of information. What you put in here will come at the end in my behavior and in my actions. So if you taught me how to love, I will think differently and behave differently from those who teach me how to hate. The second process in making the behavior is the processing of information itself. I can receive information, that's fine, but if I have a, a normal or a good processing system, the outcome can be okay. But if the processing of information or the thinking the process itself is affected, then even with good information, I can do crimes. In history, for example, in medieval Europe, some crimes happened in the name of, 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 of the gospel, for example, while it teaches peace. So the process of thinking itself of humans can affect the behavior at the end. The third item or mechanism in changing our behavior is some psychological influences. And we will come to them one by one. And also there are behavioral modifiers. So we will, we will see how our behavior can be affected by positive and negative reinforcements. If child, for example, touches something hot, he learns by pain, which is a negative reinforcement factor, that don't do this again. And on the contrary, if you give a child a piece of chocolate for doing something, he will be more encouraged to do it again. The same with the radicals. When they do their acts and the outcome is negative, they will think twice before doing it again. 
But if you don't know how to do negative reinforcement properly for them, they will repeat it again and again forever. And the final one, the ability to appreciate beauty. And I will give details when it comes to this uh, point. So there are five main foundations for the behavior of a person, and I guess it can apply to humans everywhere. The input of information, the process of thinking itself, the psychological influences that affect us, behavioral modifiers, and ability to appreciate beauty. I will come to this. The first part is the input of information. I usually mention a story, and I have to mention it again today because it's very illustrative of what happens when the input of information can be violent. Uh, I remember one day I was reading a verse in the Quran that said, this part here in Arabic, which means literally fight, kill the infidels wherever you find them. And I was young, motivated, I want to serve God. I asked myself, oh, shall I go and fight or kill Auntie Fauzia, which was our neighbor. She was a Christian, we called Auntie for any elder. Shall I go and kill her? And I couldn't, she was very nice with me, all my own since I was a child. And I was disturbed with the verse. So I went to a friend of mine called Adel Saif. He was a, a, a Salafi, radical in his way of thinking, and he said, yes, of course, we have to fight these people, but, but we need to, do, to, to be organized in this. And he brought me several references from Ibn Taymiyyah and other Sharia books, and he argued that, yes, we have to fight all these infidels, or non-Muslims, or Muslims who think differently from us. I was not convinced. I went to someone called Sheikh Shaban, and he was a Sufi scholar, wonderful human being. When I said this to him, he just, I was in front of him after the Friday prayer, and he knew me before that. He pat me on my shoulder and said to me, Sheikh Shaban, Tarek, just love every human being and be good with every human being. And I said to him, but Sheikh Shaban, it is written in the Quran. I was motivated, enthusiastic, I want to apply the Quran. And he said to me, يَوْمَ يَأْتِي تَأْوِيلُ Which another verse in the Quran that means in the day of judgment and only in the day of judgment you will understand the real meaning of the Quran. And as I always say, I was not that patient to wait for the day of judgment. <laughs> I want it here. So I didn't wait. I followed Adil Saif, the radical one. What I'm saying here, if the same verse was taken, kill the infidels wherever you find them, and interpreted differently. And here is an example that I created with the help of my wife, Ma, in the last few months. It is a modern interpretation for the Quran. And I will show you how the same verse can be interpreted as a commentary in a completely different way that can change the ways of thinking and behavior of the children who learn this verse or read it regularly during their prayers. First of all, uh, uh, I call it level one interpretation. Who are these infidels? Is it everyone or a specific one? When I say to I'm going to a White House after in this afternoon, it's very different from going to the White House. Just adding the suffix that can completely change the meaning and define it to specific places. Then the second level of interpretation 
Who were those infidels who are defined by the suffix Zam? These are the early people who, who fought in Mecca, who fought Muhammad in the very early stage of Islam. It does not apply to the people today because it is defined. Otherwise, the Quran could have used the expression man kafir, which means to generalize it to any infidel. But the use of the or the suffix al or the can define the meaning, this violent meaning, into specific period of time in history and the place. Then the third level of interpretation, or the next level of interpretation, uh, why God was unhappy with those infidels back then? Because, this is according to the Quran itself, they discriminated against the early Muslims who lived in Mecca. They beheaded them, they tortured them. They did what the radicals really today are doing to their opponents. And the second level or the next level of interpretation, what can we learn from this? Is not to discriminate against small religious minorities, otherwise we will be like those infidels. So the same verse with different interpretations and commentaries can completely make a difference in, 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 in the way of thinking of people. If Sheikh Shaban has told me this interpretation, he could have changed my life completely. I wouldn't have continued in Jama'a Islamiya. I continued because he failed. He was a good man. But he failed to give me a theological base for being peaceful. I have the verse telling me literally to be violent. And to really counterbalance this, you have to work at the, the, the core of the interpretation itself of the verses and words which I have, thank God, done one step at least in the process. So this is about the input of information, and I mean here the interpretation of the religious text. The second is the thinking process, the processing of information itself. I realized even if you give some people a peaceful verses and texts, if the process of thinking is radical, they can be violent and they can be radical. So I started to analyze what can make people radical, what is different in the mind. I found radicals in different faiths. I know we have much more in the, in the Muslim world, but in general, you can find radicals from different faiths. So I started to analyze, if it is not the religious text, what could be the underlying mechanism that changes the process of thinking of humans and make them radicals? And I found several, and I'm giving some few examples, like absolutism. Like inability, so when I believe that, oh, what I see is the absolute truth and what you see is absolutely wrong. And I started to hate you based on this. You are wrong and what I see is the only thing that's correct. Then I start to think as a radical. And here is an example. Some, I, put, I, I have an educational system. I started it to, to, to fight radicalism at the level of the thinking process. So if a child is seeing this lady, you will see, oh, it's an old lady. But if child is seeing it from the other side, just invert it, it will be seen like this. This is a young princess. So people can fight forever, simply because they, each person is looking to the, the reality from a different angle. Just changing our positions can completely bring new understanding of the same reality. So what I'm saying here is absolutism in the process of thinking can be fought by certain ways through cognitive psychology and certain ways to just change the thinking process 
from absolutism to relativism, to being able to see that if we all draw, or this room now, each one will have a different angle and view, and maybe mine will be different from yours. I see it's a completely different thing from what you see now. But I shouldn't hate you for this. In fact, if we brought our photos together or our images, we will get a better reality, in fact, at the end. So I, I think this, is, this has nothing to do with the religious text. It's about the process of thinking. If I remember when I was young, my father, he was a communist, and uh, he, he used to, to bring to me a pyramid and tell me, Tarek, my real name originally is Tarek, look at it from down. How do you see it? I say, oh, it's Morabba or rectangle or square, I mean. Then he brings it down and let me see it from this side. How it looks now? It is triangle or square. Then he, he taught me, not through religion, how we may be different. But the difference doesn't mean you are correct and I am wrong, or you are wrong and I am correct. And it could be just the difference in looking at things. Teaching people how to think this way, I mean the good way, that to, to accept the difference can make huge difference in the process of radicalization itself. Also being judgmental. In our societies, we, we, I, I have to say that we have tendency to be very judgmental to others. The West is bad, these people are bad, that continuous criticism of the other, the others are bad. And I, I, I give an example here, another educational example, I called it the river of the truth, that if the truth at level 100, the end of the river, and there are two people swimming, one at point five and one at point 95. Humans tend to say, oh, the one at 95 is much better, he's closer to the truth and reality. The other guy, oh, he's a bad guy, he's too far from it. But if we know, knew that, the guy at point 95 had already started from point 100 and he's moving backward. And the guy at point 5 has already started from point 0 and he's struggling, trying to find the reality or the truth. Who is better now? Maybe the one at five. That's why we can judge the deeds, but the persons themselves, it's, I think this is not our job to judge. Don't be judgmental, because by the way you judge others, this is the way you will be judged at the end. So I, I think that's important not to be, because I will never go attack someone unless I judged him to be bad initially. So that being judgmental, to fight judgmentalism is by itself an issue that can help in preventing the radicalization process. Also, critical thinking is vital. You give me information. If I don't have proper critical thinking, I will just follow blindly without even thinking. I remember the first day I prayed in Jama'a Islamiyah in our medical school, the guy who was escorting me to pray with them, his name, he was the emir or prince of the Jama'a Islamiyah back then. His name was Mukhtar Mukhtar. And he said to me, uh, 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 the the, the uh, uh, one word or two one phrase al fikru kufr fikr like f k r kufr k f r same letters but different arrangement the first one means to think the second one you will become an infidel if you started to think he said to me your brain that is just like a donkey and a donkey in our culture represents the highest level of stupidity. When you say to someone you are a donkey, it's the biggest insult. It means it's so stupid. So he said to me, your brain is just like a donkey. And the donkey can help you, or my brain, can help me to reach the palace of the kingdom of Allah in the religion, Islam. 
And once you reach the palace of the king, the religion of Islam, you enter the palace. He asked me, do you take your brain or my donkey inside the palace, or you leave the donkey outside the palace? Said, usually we leave the donkey outside the palace, and here he means religion, and then I was welcomed. So the whole process of suppressing critical thinking, and, and if, if we are truly interested in fighting radicalism with what would be called soft power, uh, it's vital and fundamental to focus on the process of radicalization at the mental level, the absolutism, being judgmental to others, the lack of critical thinking in the society, which could be encouraged in different ways. All of these are factors that are non-theological factors, but can affect seriously the process of radicalization and can create radicals even if you give them peaceful texts. That is the problem here. Then there are some psychological influences. If someone told me now, Tawfiq, take this bomb or, or take a weapon and go kill some guy there, the first thing he has to do is to make me hate that individual or this individual. Otherwise, I will not be really interested to go and kill someone if I don't hate him. Why should I kill someone? So the first thing you teach people to become radical is to hate the other. The second, if I started to move a few steps toward the process of killing itself, my human conscience may tell me, Taufik, the man didn't do anything wrong to you. Why should you kill him? Remember his family, how they will suffer after him. Remember his pain. So my human conscience will start to tell me not to do it. Then at the last moment, if I started to attack the, the person, then uh, uh, I, if I'm not used to violence, then, uh, uh, then uh, uh, you have to teach me to be desensitized to the use of violence. And I noticed these psychological influences that affected me and many others when in the radicalization process is hatred to the other, suppression of our, our human conscience, and the desensitization of violence to violence. And all of them, in, and unfortunately, the religious text has been used to create the three of them. Then the Final one or the one before final behavioral modifiers, the negative reinforcement. Radicals kill, behead, explode. And what is the outcome at the end? We see support for the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt, for example. And they go and kill and explode. And what is the outcome? We may we 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 don't give them the negative reinforcement. I put this boy here because imagine if someone kicked his leg against the wall, a brick wall. Uh, he has that if, if he, he feels pain. The pain is the negative reinforcement that prevents people from doing it again. If you give him a chocolate instead of pain, he might repeat it again if he didn't feel the pain. So what happened, the positive and negative reinforcement from the radical is extremely weak. In fact, we do the opposite. In Afghanistan, some soldier wears a hijab. And for the radical, this is a positive reinforcement. We are winners. They are subjugated to our Sharia. So you actually do the opposite of what should happen. There is a need for proper negative reinforcement for the radicals. And the negative reinforcement has to happen immediately after the act itself. Because if I kicked my leg in the wall and after three years I have pain in my leg, I will never refer it to the act itself. It has to be related in time. So proper negative reinforcements and also positive reinforcements 
are vital to fight the radicalization process and make them think twice before doing it again. There are many reinforcements that can be work here. Finally, ability to appreciate beauty. If you noticed, and this happened to me in person, radicals, Islamic radicals everywhere, prevent people from listening to beautiful music, from uh, women from singing, a colorful dress, even uh, laughing. So the, the ability to appreciate beauty here, when they start to suppress it, telling you are not allowed this, you are not, after some time, it's like depriving someone from the taste receptors of the tongue. He loses the ability to appreciate any beautiful thing. Once you reach that level of being unable to appreciate the beauty, then they can fill your brain with any rubbish, literally rubbish, and whatever they put in your brain, you will accept. So the inability to appreciate what's beautiful and what's not beautiful, they suppress it, even laughter. I was not allowed to laugh when I was in the Jama'a Islamiyah. They said it's, it's not good in religion. So finally, uh, I can just smile, you know, and say thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs>